Welcome to twoquestions.tv. With me today is Naftali Hoff, and we're talking about becoming a leader. Twoquestions.tv, brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to twoquestions.tv. I'm Susan Barancinimo. Joining me today is Naftali Hoff, who helps understaffed leaders and executives optimize their performance and that of their teams. He's an accomplished executive coach, organizational consultant, and sought-after trainer and lecturer. He's also the author of this book, Becoming the New Boss, The New Leader's Guide to Sustained Success. Hi, Naftali. Welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. Your book is wonderful, first of all. (laughs) And it deals with the leadership challenges that many new leaders face, starting with the difference between leading and managing. And I really enjoyed the articulation of that distinction. And I think our audience would really benefit from hearing that. Could you talk a little bit about that difference? Sure. Yeah, I think that oftentimes we use those two terms somewhat synonymously Mm -hmm. or in a synonymous fashion. But the reality is they are very different. Uh, and we need both. I, I do want to be very clear. You know, oftentimes the idea that leadership is the aspiration, leadership is the goal, and management is the you know the the unfortunate, if you will, element that's necessary for for let's call it companies to function, for organizations and whatnot. Almost like a taskmaster of sorts, and uh, and that's not really what it is at all. It's just a matter of am I handling, let's call it the day-to-day function that's more managerial, or am I providing the vision and the inspiration behind that day-to-day function? And a person in theory can serve in both roles, but you have to be clear on what each one entails and find the time to be able to create the vision as well as make sure that it gets properly implemented. Uh, within your organization. So those are broad strokes. You know, when you talk about somebody who's a great leader, they're inspiring others, they're motivating others, they're getting them to think about what could be, not only what is. So a manager tends to think more in the moment, whereas a leader tends to think 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. The manager is interested in the what, right? What is it that we need to do? The, The leader is often thinking about the why. Why do we do it? Why is this important? Who are we really trying to connect with and how do we best serve them? So it's less about being almost like a technician or seeing that the technical elements of the business are operating effectively and focusing more about providing, like I said before, the vision behind it so that we can you know, d- determine are we, on, tar- are we on, on, on target? Are we moving in the right direction? As well as when do we need to pivot and how so? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, in the book, my attention stuck on, it, it wasn't a big section, but you had a little section where you talked a little bit about leading ethically. And my attention stuck on that. And, and, and I think because I think that's something we could all use a lot more of today. And, and so I wonder if you could talk a bit about why values-based leadership is so important. I think it has a lot of importance, both personally and what we might call professionally slash collectively. You know, I think that we as individuals want to feel like we're really accomplishing something that is value-based, that's purpose-driven. And and frankly, you know, both of us, I think, are a little bit beyond, but specifically in the, the, the millennials and those younger, you know, the ones <laughs> really coming into the, into the workforce now, there's so much research and data about how purpose is critical 
to our younger workers. They want to really feel like they're making a difference. They often don't stay in one location. The idea that you're going to clock in, so to speak, when you're 20, 25, and you're going to rise slowly but steadily along the corporate ladder until you achieve some level of executive success, that pathway has changed dramatically for so many right. people. So I think that we want to infuse values into our organization. Number one, people are looking for it. We should be looking for it. It drives decision-making uh, in terms of do we want, you know, how, how much of the candle do we want to burn how much do we want to sort of preserve for ourselves? Uh, if I have to make a decision that where there maybe are two competing values, which one takes priority? And, and I think what, what people often struggle with is, you know, there's so many important things. And if you take a list of values, there, there are lists out there. You could find them online, mm -hmm. tens, if not hundreds of values long. And it's really difficult to tease those out. There are tools you could use, and I work with my clients to do that. But oftentimes, I think it's really valuable for somebody to get with their team and start to put your list together. Find out what everybody personally identifies as important. Mm -hmm. Try to find the commonalities between them. And then offer scenarios. Then offer circumstances. And do so proactively do so right. when the emotions are low when people are not feeling the pressure and say how should we respond in a situation like this right we want to be able to offer you know a certain level of let's call it salaries and benefits and other perks if you will for working here but we also want to make sure that we're able to keep as many people um, on as we can, what, you know, whatever those financial considerations might be, or it might be a competition where it's a matter of uh, creating the right uh, level of um, what's what I'm looking for uh, to, to achieve at a certain level. Yet at the same time, we want to create a certain type of environment, a sense mm -hmm. of family, a sense of wholesomeness, whatever that looks like. So I've got competing interests over here. Like we want to drive the company and, and, and really hit our benchmarks and sort of push ourselves to succeed. Yet at the same time, we want to create an inviting atmosphere. So when you have those competing interests or those competing values, which one takes precedence ultimately? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that some of those are so important because then you have at least some type of clarity. Now, if a person has, let's call it religious values, those might be inculcated from their youth. People who don't have those may have to find a different way by which to, you know, to identify what's most important to them. But however you achieve that, then you can start to use those to drive your decisions and the way that you act. Yeah. Wonderful. And, and I do think we need so much more of that, not just for retention, but I find that the companies where they have an, an ethical leader, a leader who's thinking about what's best for the people and, and thinking of his team as, as actual human beings. I, I think that those companies seem to do very well, not just in retention, but also just in general profitability. It happens to be a great way to show up in the world and it happens to be really profitable. Yeah. Yeah. And Simon Sinek talks about this at length when he sort of deals with the companies that really put their people first. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily look right in terms of the bottom line, that that would be the best way forward. But for the sustainability, we all know ultimately our people really drive our success. Yeah. And if we think our people first, they will find ways to compensate for whatever short-term losses there might be right. so that, you know, you get the best out of them moving forward. And I think Benjamin Disraeli, the former British prime minister once said, um, I follow my people. Am I not their leader? You know, mm -hmm. it's like, there's a sense of to be a leader is ultimately to be a servant. Mm 
-hmm. And it's ultimately to be somebody who takes into strong consideration what my people need so that they can ultimately succeed. Exactly. Wonderful. Wonderful. Natalie, thank you for joining me today. It's been my pleasure, Susan. Thank you for the opportunity. Would you like to join me on the after show? Oh, sure. Awesome. Okay. Viewers, if you'd like to join us on the after show too, come on over to twoquestions.tv. It's the only place you can find the after show. So you'll have to come over there with us. Naftali and I will be over there waiting for you. Come on over. Come on over. <laughs> now, join in the us meantime, there. Yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, here's the book. We're going to have links down below in the show notes so you can get your copy. Make sure you do. It's a good book. Thank All you. right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.